On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, I talk with Howard Hedden from Perry Ellis International. We talk about the history of the industry, trends in the industry, and where he finds motivation. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossaman, and joining me today is a guy I've wanted to have on here for a long time. He's the National Account Manager for Perry Ellis International, or PEI. Howard Hedden, thanks so much for taking the time. Kirby, I'm really excited to be part of it, too. I've followed your uh, career and your podcast for a while and really appreciate you inviting me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, in doing my stalking, I always try to do a little research. You know, I noticed that you've been around the promo industry for, you know, quite some time, especially, you know, the apparel side. So I'm curious, what are some of the biggest and maybe most exciting changes you've sort of seen over the years? Um, yeah, I'm glad you referenced that. I, as, as I mentioned to you earlier, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of this industry <laughs> over the last four, four years. I'm starting to play the old man card because I turned 60 last May. And um, I like to tell the kids now that I actually found my job in a newspaper ad, which wow. they look like, wow, a newspaper ad. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I started, you know, uh, by looking at an industry that was looking for somebody, that, uh, it was Gillette Papermate, it was called GPA Associates, and they were looking for a national sales manager. Like most people, I had no idea what this industry was all about. Mm-hmm. Went down for an interview, I had gone to Boston College, it was based in Stoughton, Mass., and uh, when I walked into the door, the owner, CEO of the company had a big statue of the Boston College Golden Eagle on his desk and a little angel put on my shoulder and said, I told you, Dad, your money would pay off. Uh, <laughs> so um, I started, again, didn't know anything about the business. Back then, there was a book called The Premium Incentive Buyer's Guide. Mm-hmm. If you remember that. The size of a phone book, which yep. again, we're different ourselves because nobody knows what a phone book is anymore. But <laughs> it actually gave you the end user's name the uh, categories they bought, Hmm. how much they bought, and then their phone number. Hmm. And I was on the premium incentive side. We had Braun, which back then was a large uh, brand in personal care, houseware appliances. And uh, one of the things I want to say when you asked that question was that it was the biggest change, and I think the change that's been the most uh, fun has been the influence of retail brands. Hmm. So back then, we were a retail brand, and the incentive industry was really king back in the late 80s. I don't know if you remember, but the Motivation Show in Chicago and the Javits Show in um, the Incentive Show in New York at the Javits Center, it included the travel. And that incentive travel spend was just enormous. It really drove the industry. And then there was kind of a flip-flop in the late 80s, early 90s when that promotional distributor became very important as a bundled resource for selling promotional products. Right. The point I was trying to make is back then... The retail brand was probably less than 5% of the total spend. Mm. And today you look at it and conservatively, I think it's 15 to 20% plus. Wow. And every day. And that's where I'm excited to be part of Perialis is we have three great best in class brands and Jack Nicholas, Callaway and Original Penguin, where we bring something exclusive to the market as a retail brand. Yeah, I tell you what, definitely across the industry, you're seeing more and more brands. That's that's I totally agree with that, and you're seeing it in every category. Um, yeah. So, you you've talked a little bit about sort of the history and where it's come, but we're at the beginning of 2020 right now. I mean, you know, sort of right. So, what are some trends you see happening or coming in the promo industry since you can look through your crystal ball now? 
Well, one, like I said, the continued um, uh, emergence of more brands in every product category. Mm. You see it with the partnerships with Gemline, with Muir and Anchor. You see it with PCNA and what they've done uh, with their brands, uh, the Allen Company and what they do with their brands. So um, everybody has to be touching retail brands in whatever category they're in. Um, the other one that's really kind of interesting and somewhat ironic is sustainability. Mm, yeah. Because I was at Ash City well, almost 10 years ago. We probably had more eco product in the market than anybody. Recycled polyester, mm. we had bamboo, we had soy, and the market wasn't ready to buy it. Right. They said they were, but nobody bought it and it went away. Now, all of a sudden, like most trends, it's come back. And I think the difference is you do have a, a younger audiences to you know the millennial and the gen Y and the generation's finest. I think they are supporting sustainability and I think it has much more traction. Yeah. As we go forward. I think that's a true trend. I think it's a positive one that are, that's going forward. So. Yeah, yeah I, I agree 100%. I actually said that after I left Vegas this year that I felt like another trend I saw was sort of promotions with a purpose. You mentioned Gemline yeah. and Mirror, how the, the give back piece is another yeah. one I've noticed. And I think that goes hand in hand with the sustainability piece too. And Most definitely, yeah. And we have that a little bit with Jack Nicholas. He's yeah. incredibly involved in the Children's Miracle Network and anything he does, you know, basically on his licensing arrangements goes back to charitable giving. So, you know, it's a real positive thing to see and to be part of, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I come back from Vegas and I, you know, I always feel a responsibility to tell my clients about trends. I'm not always that excited about them. <laughs> right. Uh, but this one, I was like, I can get behind this yeah. trend that I see. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So as the year rolls on, we've talked about, you know, we're rolling into 2020. I know like you get into the grind. And so I'm always looking to stay inspired or get motivated. I'm always curious uh, when I look at successful people, what inspires and motivates you? Um, definitely the, it's been the passion from this business from the day I walked into it. Mm. I mean, what other industries is every day completely different? What a, industry from your side is a distributor that you can call on anybody in any industry anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what industry do I have? What I consider my friends and family that I've learned or met and spent time with over the last 34 years that. You see more than your real family, unfortunately, sometimes. You know, we're on the road three times a year. And, you know, very few industries um, are your, sometimes your best friends, your biggest competitors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I man, I, I totally see that. And I, I, I think, I feel like the suppliers got that first, maybe. Yeah. But I'm seeing it more even on the distributor side, and I find that exciting. I think you're seeing it definitely. Uh, two vehicles like Common Skew, which I know you're real close to the Grams. They've mm -hmm. done a tremendous job. I think what you and Bill have done, you know, Roger Brumette with his social purpose thing. So I think, again, I think distributors are realizing, yeah, you do compete, but at the same time, the more that you share best practices. And I think you're seeing that through the buying groups, whether it's a PeerNet or the partnering group or Premier, where they realize that even though they're still independent, unique distributors, they can all learn from each other in terms of how to run a better business. Yeah. yeah, one of those right the rising water rises all boats kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was telling a story. We were at the Orlando ASI show this year, and there was another show that was going on in the Hyatt Regency there. And I'm walking out the day that their show was starting. It was all mostly men, a lot of gray and blue suits. And I turned to this guy, real tall guy, who's an English guy, and I said, "What kind of show is this?" He goes, "He goes, well, we're all rocket scientists." And I just looked at him and go, "Well, I'm going to a show that's not made up of rocket scientists." <laughs> So, um, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's really what we do and, and that 
smile we can put on people's faces if you really put the right product in front of the right audience for the right purpose. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, well, that's awesome, Howard. You've answered my three questions. I give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Do you have one for me? Well, I was curious. Um, I'm not very product driven, but I, I think one of my biggest challenges in the industry, and again, it gets back to why I'm sort of excited about where we're at, where we have something uh, to, with those three brands, it's exclusive. Um, but I think the challenge we have, I think, in the industry a little bit is that there's a lot of cool product, but to some degree, everybody has the exact same cool product. Right. So did you happen to see anything that really stood out to you? Because did you do Orlando or just do Vegas this year? Just did Vegas. Um... Did you happen to see anything in Vegas that really, from not just the coolness factor, but also something you could turn around and sell in terms of a application? Thing. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, and, and it's funny that uh, it kind of turned on its, its ear a little bit. I came back, and I, I don't know that I'll do a great job of just like rattling off a bunch of products, but I wrote a blog right after Vegas that said that that I put out and sent to a lot of my clients that the trend I noticed was pr promotions with a purpose. So the each one of I, I made a list of products that I came back and said these all have a give back component. And obviously, yep. you mentioned Roger Burnett and that whole promo cares and all those folks have. Uh, um, kind of commandeered that. And what was interesting to me is I just brought, made a point to bring it up to clients and say, is this something that even matters to you? Um, yeah. Because what I find is sometimes my region is at the tail end of the snake on trends. Yeah. But the, the feedback I got was really amazingly positive. It was, I mean, people were going, yeah, we are a mission-driven organization, so why wouldn't we support another mission-driven organization? And so, you know, I could I could bring a couple, you know, the base camp from Suida, the the mirror with Gemline, the any of the, the pieces that have a give back component. And I actually, funny story, re-upped a piece of my Sage membership, which I had not used a ton because they sort by product that have a give back component. And so my clients are saying, yeah, we'd like to, to look at it that way. So I don't know if it was a like one specific product, but more right. of a overall no, no, theme. I appreciate that answer. Yeah, the other one I want to mention there from that that I always forget about and sometimes people do is Helping Hands out of Chicago. Mm. They do a tremendous job as far as working with um, uh, different agencies to produce their products yeah so. that's and like i said one of those things that sustainability give back those are things that i think we can all get behind and and yes. i get excited about so well, well howard thank you so much i know you're a busy guy thanks for taking the time i really appreciate it and we'll have to do it again okay no i appreciate it I look forward to seeing you down the road somewhere all right buddy that's going to wrap up this edition of delivering marketing joy we'll see you next time <laughs>